Welcome to Talking of Queen's Universe, and it is Friday for us, so it might actually be payday. Is it payday for you, Jelly Bean? Uh, yes, sir, boss. Oh, man. Living that Doug Heffernan life. Coon Dog, is it payday for you? No, sir. Yesterday. Oh, dang. Well, it ain't I payday for me. So. I really don't know A-Town. I was just telling you. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't know when they actually get paid anymore because it just comes in the account. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... You know, I guess if the theme song were updated, it'd be, it just drops in my account and I'm driving home. The, I don't know, because nobody cashes a check anymore. So, happy Friday, talking of Queen's Universe, or whatever day and year it is for you. Uh, we hope you're happy, uh, healthy, and ready to talk about the most important family in America, the Heffernans. Um, we know we don't have a king here in America, but if we did, I like to think it would be Doug Effernan, because he is the king. You've already heard from my co-hosts, Mr. Josh Coondog. How is your day going, fine sir? We're doing good over here, across the street from you, buddy. Things are well. Excited to cover this episode. I love a good holiday episode, man. They, they, they give me, they make me smile, so I'm excited. Uh, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and get into a fun fact for you. Oh boy. Um, I think this is this is actually a pretty good one, and a lot of our listeners probably have heard this because I've seen this going around the internet for several years now. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but there's a picture out there of Kevin James in a wrestling uniform, and there's a famous person in there with him. Apparently, if this is to be believed, Kevin James went to high school with Mick Foley and was on the wrestling team with him, and huh. the 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 meme that I saw says that again, who knows if it's true, but um, it says that Kevin James was the number one and he had season ending back surgery and Mick Foley took over as number one at that point. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Dang. We'll have to, we'll have to figure that out. Um, yeah. I think we could, could get some, some truth uh, to that statement by, by doing a little research and asking around. Um, yeah. If anybody out there knows whether that's true or not, or if that's just a, a, a farce, uh, hit us up and let us know. I'd be curious to find out the truth on that. I can't help but wonder, though, if it is true, you know, did is there any possibility that Kevin James bullied Mick Foley? And <laughs> oh, man. Transformation I can, in the times? I can tell you that I met Mick Foley last year, and one thing that TV does not do justice is how tall and how big he is. I really doubt that because Kevin James is what five nine maybe. I think Mick Foley is a little bit taller than that. I was surprised how big he was. So if he was bullying Mick Foley, whew, oh man, Kevin you James can definitely is a badass. You can definitely see the height difference in this picture. So, um, but yeah, I, when I heard that, I just couldn't help but think of uh, Mick Foley as mankind, and I wonder if he's having flashbacks of Kevin James back in the day. <laughs> anyway, uh, go ahead. 
Jelly Bean, you buying this conversation right now? Oh, I don't know, buddy. I'm not too sure. Coon Dog already went on one of his rants. It didn't take him long. But I'm glad to see the Coon Dogs bringing something to the table today. Uh, you know, everything's good up here in Brazelton, buddy. You, he mentioned, you know, a good holiday episode. This is perfect timing. We're going into the holiday episodes because I also like a good holiday episode. But it's really only fun when you're around the holidays. You know, it's not something you watch most of the year. So I'm glad that the timing worked out where we're able to do this Thanksgiving episode as we're going into Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, so we have a question on social media that came in. Appreciate JP Mousen on Twitter sending us a question. The question is, he wants to know what we think of ben, the Ben Stiller movies and which one is our favorite of the Ben Stiller movies. What y'all got? Oh, man. Well, I personally love some Ben Stiller movies or, or most of them. There's a few that I just can't really get through. But, I mean, Meet the Parents always comes first to mind for me because that was kind of the first introduction into the awkward Ben Stiller. I know something about Mary was first, but I can't get through that movie. It's way too awkward for me. I still can't watch it however many years later without feeling uncomfortable. So meet the parents for me, but I also love some Tropic Thunder. That movie cracks me up every time I watch it. Um, Jellybean, you got any thoughts there? Yeah, I'm with you. I also throw in Dodgeball. Um, Dodgeball's a great one. Yeah, I always forget about that one, I guess, because he's – kind of the bad guy and uh it seems more like a Vince Vaughn movie but you're right dodgeball would definitely definitely be up there as well that's a good one well that gets us through our co-hosts and thank you for the question JP I think that was your name so thank you well thank you for the question and if you have more questions for us or just want to talk to us which why wouldn't you we're pretty cool pretty cool dorky dudes uh hit us up on the social media Give us a follow, and then if you're following us on podcast platforms, uh, give us a five-star rating if you're having fun with us uh, there as well. So with that, we'll kind of get into some of the the housekeeping items um, that we're going through right now. Today, we're hitting a little bit of a milestone, uh, 10 episodes in, and I can't believe that we haven't been canceled. I guess they can't really cancel us technically since we're doing this for free. And we're putting this on an app, so I'm just glad we ain't been canceled. Mr. CD, what are your thoughts 10 episodes in? I'm having fun, fellas. Enjoying talking to you, even though I get picked on a little bit by Jelly Bean. Not crazy about that, but we'll be all right. Um, enjoying it, enjoying doing it, enjoying rewatching the show. Um, I think the, the show is getting good. We're starting to get into some of their some of the meat and potatoes of the King of Queens series, so – Having fun. I wanted to echo what you said. If if our listeners are enjoying the show, if you could just go out and give us five stars on iTunes, we would so appreciate it. Yep, that's true. That's true. I echo most of what Mr. Coondog said there. Um, Mr. Jellybean, we're 10 episodes in. Do you think we're getting closer to a call from Mr. Kevin James? So I tell you, I think Kevin's a little skeptical. I think he's trying to see if we're really <laughs> – in this for the long call if we're really going to deliver some quality content every week because you got to remember a town kevin can wait right now now he's waiting he's seeing what we're going to do but i'm telling you kevin we're here for all 207 episodes buddy we're going to do it all so just give us a call when you're ready we'll be waiting on you so um kevin's trying to decide are we a spence 
we're going to stick around or are we a Sarah? And he's just got to get rid of us pretty soon. Uh, but I did get a, a call from New York earlier this week, and I was like, uh-oh, New York number. Could that be Mr. Kevin James? And it turns out it was a spam call, so it was not Kevin James, but I was pretty excited there for a second. Um, so with that, um, we're also talking a little bit on the business side within Talking of Queens. And by business, we're just trying to find a better way to market the show and give you a better product. But there is a possibility of some merchandise one day. Coondog, how do you feel about a shirt that would say, Josh is the voice of reason? Sounds like a winner, man. Besides my mother. Do you think anybody will buy it besides my mother? Jellybean, you want to take that one? I think Kel would buy it. I think your brother would buy it, too. Oh. Um. <laughs> Anybody not with the same last name as me? <laughs> it could be a it could be a bestseller, and uh, Christmas coming up, you never know. Um, but Jelly Bean on kind of the same side. What do you think about a fanny pack that says "Jib Jab" with Jelly Bean? I love it, man. Everybody needs a good fanny pack. Let's get it. Let's get it out there to the listeners. I think that would be pretty good. And, and there's sometimes that fanny packs are kind of uh, kind of needed. So. Um, well, with that kind of segue, we'll get to our most popular segment on the show, Jib Jab with Jelly Bean. Jib Jab with Jelly Bean. That's my add-in of a song. Um, Jelly Bean, are you ready? Yes, sir. Um, and so that shirt idea actually comes from a question. Stephanie from Baltimore writes, Josh is the voice of the reason for this show. Jelly Bean is outrageous. Do you have any comments here, Jelly Bean? Well, so I'm guessing Stephanie only listened to one episode first off, but uh, I'm glad you listened, <laughs> Stephanie. Um, and Coondog does make some good points. I have been working with him off offline on his consistency, trying to coach him up. We do that each week. So I'm glad to see that he is being a little more consistent, and I'm glad to see that he's got a small circle of friends, that is, or fans. That is very good to see. And uh, I'm just here to expand your horizons, though, and bring you some quality entertainment, Stephanie, because a lot of times, like I mentioned with the consistency, a lot of times it's just me and A-Town carrying these episodes. So we're trying to get the coon dog up and going so he can be right there alone there with us. Well, I will add, you, you did make a good point there. He does have a small circle of friends, too. Um, you said fans, but I think friends is also the case there, too. Uh, next question. Drew from Athens wants to know, what do you think spending Thanksgiving with the Heffernans would be like? Kind of give me your overview of the day. Oh, buddy, this would be great. So, you know, I've, I've seen me and Doug and the guys, we'd be out in the garage watching the big screen. We'd be watching some football, playing some ping pong, maybe even a little beer pong. And then whenever uh, carry it, got the food ready, we'd come inside for a nice Thanksgiving dinner with all the fixings and we'd just eat up. And then it'd be back out to the garage for a little more fellowship and uh, drinking some beers and watching some more football. It'd be great. I got to say, that sounds uh, pretty good. I'm uh, already craving some Thanksgiving and uh, wish uh, Kevin would hurry up just a little bit because that sounds great. Uh, but that's it for Chip Chap with Jelly Bean. Um, we'll keep working on that uh, song for you and probably get something better. I also want to get a Fun facts with Coon Dog. <laughs> I think that would be a good one, too. Um, before we move on to the episode, 
Uh, just a reminder, last week's trivia question was, what famous actor plays the stranger waiting on the Heffernan's porch for his friend to pick him up after his car breaks down? Uh, he's wearing an eye patch and waiting in the bitter cold. So if you know that answer, hit us up on one of the many, many forms of social media that Josh has gotten us on. Um, today's trivia question is, in the episode entitled Shrink Wrap, the family goes one by one to a therapist to discuss their lives. Uh, when Arthur is discussing his childhood, we see his father for the first and maybe only time uh, what famous actor plays Arthur's father? So if you know that one, also send it uh, to us uh, via social media. And uh, we have some special awards that we're just dying to give out. And uh, hopefully um, you guys will <laughs> give us some answers, some right answers pretty soon. So with that, let's get into today's episode, which is episode 11, The Supermarket Story. Uh, this episode initially aired on November 23rd, 1998, so right around Thanksgiving, and it received an 8.4 rating from IMDb voters, and surprisingly, that's the highest rating uh, we've seen to date, so uh, people are digging this episode and really liking it. Uh, we start the episode off in a parking lot outside of the grocery store, and then thanks to some high-tech 90s graphics, graphics kind of like MacGyver, uh, we learn that it's the day before Thanksgiving at 4.17 p.m. Coondog, when is the cutoff for going to the grocery store before Thanksgiving? Man, you got to get it done quick, dude. You got to get it done ASAP. I don't like them crowds and them lines. I got no use for, for all that. So you got to get it done early in the morning on a, on a weird day, several days before, or really late at night. You got you to avoid them crowds. Uh, my ideal shopping experience is I'm the only one in the store and there's like one person to check me out. And I'm good. I uh, also have a, have a, uh, something I noticed on the show. So in the first overhead shot of the parking lot, you can see that uh, there's a, there's a male driving the car coming around the corner, which is kind of funny. I guess the, I, I assume he's probably the guy who drove the stunt coming up oh. when they whip the car around but it's just kind of funny like you see this there's clearly a male driving this car and then they pan to the car and it's uh it's uh carrie at least they're wearing the same color <laughs> shirt so that's, it's kind of funny that is pretty funny liking those fun facts today man the heffernans are circling circling the parking lot looking for a spot uh, but they're having no luck uh douglas thinks he spots someone leaving they've, they've got the i am leaving body language, but alas, he's just a tease, and Carrie keeps driving. Um, Jellybean, this is a kind of interesting question. In most of the family scenes, we see Carrie driving. Do you think Douglas, since he is a professional driver, hates driving on his days off? So, no, buddy, I think whenever Carrie's driving, it's usually just to kind of keep the plot going and generate a, a new plot because we've seen episodes where Carrie's not <laughs> a good driver and yeah. things like that, and Doug's a little nervous. So I think it's just kind of generating a little more storyline for us. That's a good point. Um, you put Carrie behind that wheel, and uh, suddenly the attention gets a lot higher and the possibilities get a lot higher too. Um, so Arthur finally – Spots a parking spot in the distance, but it looks like another car might be getting there first. 
Uh, Carrie's not having it, and she's determined to get there first. She goes down the wrong way at a high speed, swipes into the spot. It's pretty nice driving, which um, CD has, has told us that there was a stunt driver there, so that's kind of cool. Um, and the other woman gets out of her car a little dismayed, and she's driving a gray Lincoln. That'll be important maybe later. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't come back to bite Carrie in the butt. Um, and that's the cold open. We get to the old intro, uh, which we had a viewer weigh in last week on this, um, and our friend Jordan sent us an email. He put a side-by-side -side of a subway window in the intro, and he added, CD needs to get out more. CD, you got any good comments here? I think this horse is dead, and I think we can quit beating it. I was wrong. We can move on. You know, maybe <laughs> one day I'll get lucky and make it to a big city and get to ride on a subway. I'm just oh. a simple guy from Alabama. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I wonder if that's going to stop the emails from Jordan or increase them by, by a couple. Oh, boy. So after a brief commercial break, we're back. Um, the Heffernans are inside the grocery store, and it's uh, Coon Dog's Nightmare. It is packed in there. There are people everywhere. Carrie can't believe uh, it, and she says, let's get in and out of here. Douglas sees the quarter vending machines that you used to see at the, in the lines and, you know, gum, candy, and other prizes, uh, and you needed a quarter to get in there, sometimes two quarters, which was a bummer always. Uh, Douglas is excited about it, and a reluctant Carrie gives him a quarter. Jellybean, were you a fan of these back in the day as a kid? Man, I think everybody loved these back in the day. You get your quarter, you put it in there, you get your little prize, no telling what you're going to get. Now, sometimes you would have to go back and ask for another quarter because you didn't like what popped <laughs> out of that machine. But, you know, a lot of times you're happy, and, yeah, it just uh, makes it makes it fun going to the store. Oh, yeah, man. I loved those. Um, I would always get a quarter. I always go for the baseball helmets, and I always was excited to see which one I got. And it felt like it was the Marlins every time. Coon Dog, do you have any similar experiences there? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the baseball helmets. I liked the football helmets that you had to – there was actually some assembly required. You oh, had yeah. face mask, and you had to put the sticker on the side. That was always pretty cool. <laughs> that was very fun. I think I'm going to go online and see if I can find me a nice set of these because um, I, I forgot how much I loved those. But, but now I'm kind of talking about it, and now I kind of want them. Um, so they're in the store and Douglas spots Richie waiting in line. Uh, Richie asks if they have big Thanksgiving plans. Douglas says no, just the three F's, food, football, and making love. Um, CD, making love starts with an M. Did I miss something here? Keep it moving, dude. Keep it moving. I guess the other F stands for family friendly. Um, so we'll keep it going. Uh, Richie is going to his mother's for Thanksgiving. He's just there to pick up a few things. Looks like he's got flour in his hand, or what I noticed. Um, his line isn't moving, and uh, and Douglas says, why don't you move to line three? And Richie says, I just came from line three. And if I go back there, I'm going to look like an idiot. They offer him good luck, and they leave Richie waiting in line, which is something we might see later. Next scene we see we find Arthur flipping a bottle of water and uh, just staring at a woman that's handing out some samples dressed as a pilgrim. He tells Carrie uh, he's just taking in the scenery. 
Go, Arthur, go. Um, Arthur asks uh, Douglas if he likes what he sees. And then Arthur adds, oh, what I wouldn't give to be invisible for two minutes. <laughs> classic, classic. <Arthur. laughs> uh, Carrie doesn't know what that means. I get the feeling because I'm not too sure either, but uh, she tells her dad to stay by her side and tells Douglas uh, to get the snacks and the soda. She's got a plan to get out of there as soon as possible. Dylan Bean, you're a logistics man. What do you think about her plan so far? Man, she's doing great so far. I mean, get grabbing that last spot in the parking lot, that was some grade A driving right there. Um, you're, you're from the big city, though, A-Town. Has this ever <laughs> happened? I've, I've never been to the, the grocery store where you couldn't get a parking spot. Um, I, it's happened on Christmas shopping at this one mall that everybody goes to outside of, um, outside of D.C. and Maryland. And I would, like, buy Christmas gifts, and then I would take them back out to the car and put them in the car. And, like, out of nowhere, three people would be like, are you leaving? Are you leaving? Are you leaving? It really does happen. Um, and you feel like a jerk when you're like, nah, I'm just putting this in and I'm going back in. Good luck. Um, so it definitely, definitely happens. Um, so Arthur walks by the pilgrim. He gives her a wink and blows her a kiss. Uh, that definitely couldn't happen today. I'm pretty sure about that one. Uh, Carrie's talking to her dad about how much, this, how much fun this is going to be. And she's also grabbing their dinner, their Thanksgiving dinner from the freezer. Um, it's a lovely dinner says so on the label. Arthur, he's not very happy about these frozen dinners. Uh, he gives Carrie a big guilt trip about how her mother used to cook Thanksgiving. And Carrie says, mom was a cook. She's more of a defroster. Good dog, which are you? A cooker or a defroster? Well, if I was going to do a big turkey or ham, I would definitely be a defroster because I don't know how to do that stuff. But uh, I'm working on it, man. <laughs> We're going to get a little better at some... Some easy stuff. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not great at it. I've done a turkey once or twice. Um, it's a lot of work, and uh, hopefully, I don't have to do that anytime soon. After uh, Arthur pulls on Carrie's heartstrings a little bit, Carrie decides to actually cook. And meanwhile, we see Douglas with the soda, and he's making his way back to the front. Uh, he's going to the gumball machine with his quarter. What does he get? Red. But she was excited about he was worried about getting white but he hates it and he takes it out and he uses it to hang a thanksgiving celebration which is kind of funny because it just hangs there throughout the episode and nobody ever really notices it but i guess it kind of fits in so and as douglas is walking the aisles well an old acquaintance recognizes him and this is where i can really really relate to doug because this seems to happen to me way way too much uh, Douglas doesn't remember who the, this guy is, and he's trying to figure it out. Uh, he's also trying to end this conversation early. Uh, that's a technique that old A-Town tries to go by when he doesn't know someone. <laughs> have you ever been with me, Jellybean, when I just don't? Yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there several times. Uh-huh. I think we were at a Starbucks once. And there was a girl there, and I immediately did recognize her. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to talk to her. If she recognizes me, and she comes up and she goes, "Do you remember riding on the train with me to New Orleans? Do you remember this, Jelly Bean?" Uh, and, I don't. I don't remember this. And I was trying to play it off like, "Nah, I don't really. I don't really remember." And you just go, "He does." <laughs> 
bitch sold me out. Josh Coon, you got an interesting story there. Well, I just wanted to point out that you pretty much do that with people that you do know, too. Sometimes you don't want to talk to them, so you just try to end the conversation. <laughs> that's that's probably a fair assessment. Get in and get out, man. We got to stick to Carrie's script. That's what we're doing there. So, unfortunately, this guy wants to follow him and, and talk, um, so that's not good. Not good. I feel your pain, Doug. Next, we find Arthur and Carrie looking for a turkey. There's only two left, a gigantic one and a small one. They decide to go bigger. Uh, bigger is better, or so I've heard. Arthur suggests inviting Howard and Margie, uh, Uncle Howard and Margie. He says they are wonderful Thanksgiving companions. Jellybean, who are your favorite Thanksgiving companions? Well, buddy, you know I always got to work on Thanksgiving. I'd like just being able to celebrate a Thanksgiving, but I know one day that I'm going to be able to. Who knows? Maybe I'll be with you and the and the coon dog, but uh, for right now, I'm just planning on going to work. That is true, and I kind of always forget that almost every single year, so apologies <laughs> for that question. Um, Carrie explains Marge hit him over the head, he being – What's uncle's name? Howard. I already forgot. Uh, with the telephone last year, and Arthur says they are passionate, and he's starting to raise his voice a little bit in typical Arthur fashion. Carrie says, fine. Arthur adds, we should also invite their nieces. Carrie's unsure. What, they shouldn't be all together for Thanksgiving? They raised them. Well, this gets the attention of another lady who's not very happy for Arthur yelling, and Carrie reminds her dad to use his inside voice something that she should probably uh, remember later in the episode. Carrie agrees about the nieces and Arthur invite, Arthur adds, we need, we need to invite a step cousin you've never met and his nurse. These are all great Jerry Stiller lines. I don't know who writes his lines or if he just ad-libs that, but it's pretty funny. Um, he says, don't worry, he'll help her out. He saw some nice gherkins on aisle four uh, and he's going to pick them up. Josh Coon, this isn't in the notes, but do you know what a gherkin is? Uh-oh. This howling means I not know. So this is what I'll, – I'll try to coach him <laughs> offline again on this one. But, you know, if Stephanie's listening out there, this is one of those moments that I was talking about. But uh, it's all good. I think he's off mute now, and I think he's ready to talk. All right. I knew I, knew I was on mute. I just had a, a physical issue trying to get the thing off mute. I know. Yes, a uh, gherkin is a pickle. I know what a gherkin is. I think in uh, Zoolander fashion, because that was another movie that I would have liked. I knew it was a joke. Okay, I just didn't get it. All right, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, the Josh Coon there. All right, we'll keep going. Carrie reaches for the box gravy, and uh, and she hears a, a glass crash and an announcement: clean up on aisle four, where uh, Arthur was just heading. Uh, but Car Carrie's moving on with her shopping. Uh, Douglas catches up with Carrie, and he offers her a grape that he's been holding in his pocket, and uh, he's kind of shoplifting, kind of ballsy here. Um, Douglas explains that his situation. He met a guy, uh, and he couldn't place him. Uh, Carrie suggests asking who the guy is, and Doug explains that it's past the moment in the conversation, you know, the who are you again window. Um, Got to say, just adding on, that happens to me way too much, especially with phone numbers. I usually just text Josh, like, you know who this is? And Josh will respond, save phone numbers. So that's kind of funny. Uh, Carrie is picking up some box dressing. 
uh, and explains to Doug how she's going to cook now. And Douglas suggests getting the TV dinners as a backup. This is an interesting question. CD, is it dressing or stuffing to you? It's dressing. Cornbread dressing. Ellie Bean, do you concur? Yeah, it's dressing in the South, buddy. You and your D.C. buddies might call it something else, but down here it's dressing. I'm going to try stuffing for the first time this Thanksgiving. It'll be the first Thanksgiving of my life that I haven't spent in my hometown because I'm going up to my fiance's families in Virginia. Oh, boy. Ooh. Better better quarantine. <laughs> oh, me. Um, I've had both. I prefer dressing. Dressing is just a little bit better. Uh, stuffing is just just doesn't even sound good to be honest um that's my thoughts maybe we can ask kevin james uh that one day carrie's pretty confident in herself and cooking because she's got all the pre-packaged mixes ready to go uh, arthur shows back up and warns them to stay out of aisle four um, it's a mess over there um, he's looking at her cart and he's a little bit unhappy box stuffing your mother would turn over in her grave cranberry from a can She'd turn over again. Douglas adds, well, at least that put her back in the right position. <laughs> I love that joke. Uh, Carrie has now decided uh, to cook from scratch. Yikes. Um, we get another update from the clock. It's now 5.02 p.m. Jellybean, what do you think about this idea of cooking from scratch if you've never actually cooked? Yeah, I believe if it's the day before Thanksgiving and you're trying to cook for 10 people, you're putting yourself in a position to fail if you had never done it before. So I'm not feeling too optimistic for Carrie right now. Yeah, I got to say I'm a little worried for her, um, but good thing she's pretty. Um, so we get an update on the clock. It's now 5.02 p.m. So they've been in there a little less than an hour. Uh, back at the magazine display where Douglas used gum to hang the decoration, uh, we see a, per a clerk that will um, be a lot <laughs> throughout the show, and he's cleaning and kind of organizing magazines. Carrie's looking for a magazine to help him with cooking, but to no avail, uh, and walks away disappointed. And then, like an angel out of nowhere, or a gray Lincoln out of nowhere, we see a lady who is making a chestnut stuffing uh, and she's asking the clerk to find uh, chopped chestnuts. Chopped chestnuts, that's a little hard to say. Bingo, uh, Carrie decides to follow her and just go along with whatever ingredients she's picking up. And that's how she's gonna cook. Uh, the woman looks a little bit familiar and I wonder if we've seen her before. Dun, dun, dun. I wish we could add that sound effect, but uh, that's the best I got. We're back to the front of the store where Richie is still in line. Jim Dog, what's your strategy on waiting in line? Do you just wait out the long line or do you kind of bounce around? Oh, dude, um, I'm not good at a lot of things in life, but I'm a master at finding the longest line at the grocery store. I will think that I've picked an optimal line and then lo and behold, I look to my left and the long line next to me is moving at a rabbit's pace and I'm moving at a hare's pace or a, or a tortoise pace. <laughs> you should say they're moving at a rabbit's pace and you're moving at a hare's pace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. 
Yeah, I, I'm just wondering when you got in line to return that sparkling water. How was how was that line that day? Can you can you tell us about it? Well, that would have been the customer service line at at Walmart. So um, you know, it was it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad that day. Oh boy, um, man, we're never gonna live down that customer service story, Coon Dog. I'm sorry. Um, you, you tried to share and uh, <laughs> using it against you. Um, maybe that's I ain't made a, a like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, so Richie's still in line. Douglas asks him, did you go home and come back? And Richie explains he hasn't left yet. He hopped into a different line. He got a trainee. She's already cried twice. Um, after looking at the employee of the month and its former classmate, uh, which they kind of have some jokes there a little bit, uh, Doug leaves Richie to find Carrie. Uh-oh, this random guy, he's back. Hey again, hombre, Douglas says. Uh, the random guy is happy that he ran into Douglas. Um, he didn't want to just leave it at high and bye. What happened between them in the past? Well, he never got any closure. And Douglas says, really? Because he's pretty closed until at least after the holidays. <laughs> the guy starts laughing. Um, he says, you could always make him laugh, but he knows this is weird, but let him give Doug a little bit of money, just a gesture, and they can call it square. Uh, the guy is going to write him a check, and Douglas smartly looks for the name, but there's no name on the checks because they are temporary checks, which doesn't make sense to me. I think your name would still probably be on there, but I could be wrong. I, no, I, mean, I am wrong. I just worked that in my head. Uh, the guy asks, what is enough? Uh, Douglas says, $100. The guy says, oh, be serious. Douglas is struggling a little bit now. He says $500,050. The guy says he gets it. Doug doesn't want his money, and he's now insulted Douglas. Why do I always do that to you, he asks. So he gives Doug his number and says, if you want to call him, call him. If not, he understands. Jellybring, uh, what would you do in this situation? You're a man of action. How would you solve this problem? Well, so when the guy goes to write a check, you just say, well, how much money do you owe me? And then he says the number, and then you say, well, yeah, just give me that. Then he fills out the check and writes his name on it, and this whole problem goes away. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. Jelly Bean, man of action, he solved this episode in like two seconds there. It's not that simple, though. If it, if, if it was a clear number like that, then the guy would have just paid him right there. I mean, it's apparently – it's apparently not a clear, clear cut, cut situation. So it's clear that he owes him some money, right? Yeah. So you get him to say the number and you press him on it till he says a number and then he writes it down and you've got everything you need. You don't understand what I'm saying. Maybe the issue that caused the money dispute was not something that you know, wasn't, it wasn't a clear, easy, defined amount of money. Maybe it was there was some ambiguity there. So I would get the guy to define it and I would get the check and I would figure out the, who the guy is. And I'm guessing you'd just be standing there not knowing who the guy is and also not get any money either. So I, mean, I definitely know who the guy is because I'd be afraid to ask. So yeah, you're right about that. I think this is a perfect opportunity for the talking of Queens universe to weigh in on who you think is right. Jelly bean who will probably get the majority or Coon Dog, who will get Stephanie? <laughs> He's got Coon Dog's got a circle now. He's he gonna throw it. 
it starts with Stephanie, and she, <laughs> Stephanie Coondog, really needs your help. But we want to expand the circle. Maybe we can also get a expand the circle T-shirt idea going around. Just throwing stuff out there for you guys. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm glad somebody has a brain out there. Oh boy, I'm loving this. Um, next scene, we see Carrie uh, following the lady um, asked about the chopped chestnuts. Carrie strikes up a conversation with the woman, and it turns out she is the woman in the car that Carrie cut off earlier. Hard to say. Carrie is trying her best to apologize. She says they're even having this thing with her dad and dialysis. Complete lie. Uh, the woman accepts her apology. And Carrie is trying really hard to get the woman to give her the recipe for chopped chestnuts. Dress, chopped chestnut dressing. Which I don't think sounds very good. The woman's not buying it. Um, Carrie asks to see her recipes, which have been laminated, but it's not happening. Your dog, what's your favorite recipe? I don't have a favorite recipe for anything in particular. I mean, I don't cook a lot, so. <laughs> what um? What's your favorite thing that your mom makes, though? Uh, I don't know, man. That's tough. A town knows what I'm referencing. I know where he's going there, but this is a family show. Well, there, there's oh. nothing not family about that. No, uh, no I, I agree, but I just leave that story out. That is, is going to be censored. Oh, man, I saw him just setting that up. <laughs> you had no idea. Oh, sorry, Coon Dog. We're giving it to you a little too hard today, so I will, I will try to keep going. Uh, the woman says, if she would have gotten to her parking spot sooner, she would have had more time to help Carrie out. Burn like that one. Carrie is turning to begging. The woman is walking away. Carrie yells, "Well, I'm glad I took your parking spot, and your lamination sucks." And she's kind of. Raising her voice. Not a good look. She's drawing some eyeballs here. After a commercial break, we are back. It's now 5.36 p.m. So I kind of lost where we started, but I think that's a little over an hour. Uh, we find Arthur with a yam. He's talking to the store clerk, and he says, what are you, a Korean fellow? <laughs> the guy says, no, I'm Irish. Uh, beautiful country. Never been there. Anyway, where do you keep the good yams? <laughs> you know, in the back for the VIPs and uh, after a back and forth in Arthur fashion uh, the score, store clerk takes the yam he goes to the back he pretends to get a new one same one uh, and he gives it back Arthur says now that's a yam which is pretty funny love it uh, we next find Douglas uh, with Carrie he's still trying to figure out who this guy is driving route did Douglas go through a phase um, Kel Carrie tells Douglas about her plan. She's following the woman and copying her shopping list item by item. She'll figure out how to put it all together at home, which doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, Douglas asks for Carrie's cell phone because he's got a plan. Um, so he's going to call this guy's number, get his machine, hear his name, and know who it is. Seems like a good plan. So he dials the number. Uh-oh. It's the guy's cell, and the guy is right behind Doug, which is hilarious. The guy sees Doug and says, I just got a crank call. Watch this, Star 69, which 
you don't know what that is, you guys missed out back in the day. And then Doug's phone rings because that's what Star 69 does is re- redial the number that called you. Uh, awkward hurdle right now because this is a little, little awkward for Doug. Uh, Doug's trying to play it off and the guy's not buying it. He says, no, you thought you were going to leave me, get my machine and leave me one of your little messages. If you've got something to say, say it to my face. Coondog, what would you do in this situation? Oh man, I'd be totally like, dude, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. Like we said, um, you know, you know, here's an idea though. Maybe you tell him, maybe you just be like, look, dude, I'm having trouble remembering what our spat was about. Can you refresh me? And then if he tells you what it was about, then maybe you realize who he was. Jelly Bean, do you concur? Yeah, I was trying to say that earlier. Like there's, you probe with questions until you get the information that you need. So I'm glad to see Kumba Dogs jumping on board and he's finally going to figure out who this guy is. Oh boy. What a day. We should do Fridays more often. Um, well, Douglas says that he doesn't have anything to say. The guy isn't buying it, and he accuses Douglas of having a hidden agenda and that he hasn't changed. And after a brief argument of just back and forth, Douglas has just dialed into this argument with some strong opinions, but he really doesn't know what he's talking about. It sounds a little bit like social media today um, in 2020. The guy asks, how do you live with yourself? Um, And he just decides to walk away. Fine, fine, fine. They just go back and forth. Doug is upset, uh, but he doesn't know who this guy is. Um, Next we see Carrie is still following this woman and boom, she's finally busted. The woman says, would you stop following me? And Carrie says, I'm not following you, I'm shopping. It's a free country. The lady goes to another aisle to pick something up Carrie follows and gets the same item. The woman rushes off, and Carrie, wouldn't you know it, is cut off by the bread cart. Uh, She just can't seem to keep up. We next see Arthur approaching the pilgrim, and the woman kind of hands out her tray and says, spicy sausage nugget, and Arthur responds, I've been called worse, (laughs) and he takes the sample. Uh, Arthur says, yum, you're quite the cook. How long you been here in our country? Billy Bean, what are you thinking about Arthur's moves on his pickup line? Art's got it going on. He's got the confidence. He's initiating the conversation. And you can tell that this pilgrim lady's really, really buying into what Art's saying. So really good job by Art. Arthur's Arthur's definitely coming out strong. Uh, I like it. Next, we read that the clock is uh, 6.08 p.m., um, which I think is a little under two hours that they've been there. A disappointed Carrie... Um, who lost the lady, uh, is starting to put things back on the shelf because she just can't do it without the lady's help. Um, She spots the woman who is looking over some lettuce. And Carrie, out of all people, i got to say I'm disappointed, she sneaks up behind the woman, and when the woman isn't looking, she steals her cart. She slowly walks away with Douglas, and the woman catches her and runs her down, and she demands the cart back. Carrie says, I didn't steal anything. She doesn't own anything in this shopping cart, which I think is a, a pretty fair point, actually. Good dog, would you agree with that log- logic right there? Do you think Carrie makes a good point? Technically, she's right. I think that's pretty true. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's, it's true. Uh, Carrie says, you don't understand. She promised her father a home-cooked meal. 
and then pan out <laughs> we see Arthur talking to the pilgrim and Arthur says yeah I, I have some Thanksgiving plans but, but nothing I can't get out of what do you have in mind well, it's obvious that Arthur wants some other home cooking if you know what I'm saying uh, the woman and Carrie are going back and forth the woman declares Carrie is sick and takes her cart back we're next in line ready to check out Arthur's there and he says the pilgrim invited him to her apartment to cook for him. So man, Arthur, ooh, moving fast. And he's never had a Dutch woman. So he's pretty excited that about that. Jelly Bean, you ever had a Dutch woman? Uh no, no sir. <laughs> oh, that one wasn't in the notes, so that was coming in hot. Um Carrie says she went through hell for Arthur today, and that either he is eating with them or they are going to put him in a home which is also a recurring theme uh, throughout the show arthur says point taken and carrie shows the frozen dinners and asks are these okay and arthur says perfect with his hands out in typical arthur fashion uh we then see the random guy in another line and douglas spots him and douglas goes over there to talk to him and apologize they both apologize uh they hug Douglas invites him to Thanksgiving at his house. So I guess there's a, a nice moment there between two people that we don't know how they know each other. Um, Doug asks the random guy if he needs the address. The random guy's like, no, I'll see you there. Uh, we then spot Richie. Uh, he's now behind them in line some, somehow in the same line. Uh, he's trying to, trying to get up there and get in front of them, but but they won't let him, which is kind of funny. Josh Coon, this, this is a good question for you that I didn't think of. What do you think about letting a friend cut in line like that? Would you do it or would you not? Oh, I would not do it. You're just making enemies with all the people behind you, man. It's not fair. You can't do that. Jellybean? So Coon Dog, being the bully that he is, he, he wouldn't do it. And he's right. You can't let him cut. But Richie only had a few things, so I would offer to buy Richie's things for him. I'd say, hey, come on, buddy. Put it on the line. I'll buy it for you. And then Richie would be able to get out of there, and he's technically not cutting in line. So just like the Coon Dog, not to help a friend out in need. <laughs> Josh Coon, you got any copy? You're just you're still slowing down the process. You're you're um, all these people behind you in line are now going to have to wait for all that stuff to get rung up, and so you're just screwing them over, man. That's just selfish. He only had four things, and I'm buying them, so I'm saying, hey, these are my things. Come on, bring them to yeah, me. Yeah, but you still got you still got to buy them though. Hey, town, maybe we'll have to ask the listeners on this one. We're going to ask the listeners. We'll see if, if Coon Dog's circle increases or not, but we'll see. Um, so I'm going to skip around on the notes here for a second and go to the closing scene um, of the episode. And we find a handsome man looking at yams. He asks the store clerk where they keep the good yams. The store clerk kind of looks around and says, wait here. And he goes to the back. He brings back a huge yam for Mr. Osmond. That's Mr. Donnie Osmond. Jellybean, you know me. I don't know anything why is this guy famous and why should I care? So yeah, Donnie Osmond, Donnie and Marie Osmond, but that's really all I know. I'm wondering, I've been saving this all episode to see if the coon dog has an interesting fact for us. So coon dog, is this the moment where you come through for the audience? <laughs> 
No pressure there, right? <laughs> I got nothing on the Osmonds, dude. I don't know nothing about them. Oh, boy. So, we, uh, we failed you, A-Town. We're going to get some, some mail about that one. Um, I have a feeling. So, the episode ends, and it's never resolved who this random guy is, why Douglas and he had a fight, why he owes money to Douglas. I'm going to put this question to both of you. I'm going to start with Josh Kuhn because he's good at some conspiracy theories or fan theories. What do you think this is? What, who do you think this guy is? How do you think they know each other? Well, first of all, let's give them the real reason why you're starting with me. It's so that you can give Pinson the opportunity to criticize <laughs> what I have to say and berate me. <laughs> That's the real reason why you're starting with me, not, not because you think I have a good theory. Oh. That's another Yeah, Josh we think you're Coon. gonna come through, buddy. <laughs> That's another Josh Coon conspiracy that has no <laughs> no basis in truth. So in order to make sure that you wanna go I, first? No, no, I got it. I will go first. I ain't scared. <laughs> I ain't scared. Uh, the only thing that I could come up with, and this is pretty vague, so I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get criticized for that also, is that is that he was just, you know, some acquaintance back in the day. And I thought maybe they could have had like a fender bender with each other. And maybe he owes him some money for some vehicle damage. That's the only thing I could ever come up with. I mean, I can't disprove it. Jelly Bean, what you got? I believe you would have to be in a lot of fender benders to just forget having an accident. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I've been in one um, fender bender in my whole life, and I, I definitely remember it. What about you, A-Town? Do you just hit people all the time with your car and then forget about it? And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that, I, yeah. Vote of 2020. But, uh, but no, I'm thinking that this guy was some sort of acquaintance. Maybe they went to high school, probably knew each other either back then or in their early 20s. And, yeah, at some point, I guess, I, I don't know all that. The rest of it would be vague. Um, but, yeah. So. Well, you can't, you can't do that. You can't <laughs> criticize my theory and not give us anything at all. That's Bush League. Um, maybe the guy just owed him some beer money. They hung out, maybe went to some parties and stuff, and, and Doug oh, used to buy man. all the beers and, and whatnot. So that guy maybe felt a little, you know, maybe that he cheated Doug <laughs> and, and owed, owed him some money for his uh, bar tab or something. So this is my, my theory, and uh, it's just based on me. But I'm guessing at one point, like, they might have been roommates or something. And, like, maybe he wasn't, like, the primary roommate. Maybe he was, like, the third roommate. And Doug just didn't really pay attention to him. Kind of sounds familiar for me and Jelly Bean. And they had, like, a little bit of a falling out. And Doug just wanted to move out or got the guy out and, like, didn't care and think about it ever again. And uh, it's just kind of hard to remember some people that you live with. Um, Josh Coon, you're not buying that? Yeah, I'm going to play the pencil roll here. So you're telling me that Doug's not going to remember a roommate he had? I, I'm not buying that premise. Well, I'm with you, A-Town. It could have been a big house, a lot of rooms. You know, you got people coming and going. I'd say that it's a, okay. I'd say that it's a possibility. Technically, technically, I owe a roommate from college some money that 
it was kind of a gift, but I guess technically I could owe him this money. And I guarantee you that he would not know who I was if I ran into him on the street. And I would be that guy telling him what the random guy is telling him. So I think it's possible, especially, you know, when you get out of Alabama and big cities, you know, roommates just come and go. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, A-Town. <laughs> Josh Coon ain't buying it. Um, well, that's the episode of King of Queens. Uh, that's not our episode because we get to, you know, one of my favorite parts in, in rating things. And in the interest of fairness, I want to be fair here. Jelly Bean, you go first. What's your rating, your favorite quote, and your MVP? All right, buddy. So I I really enjoyed going back and watching this episode. Just the timing's right with it being the Thanksgiving time of the year. And I even enjoyed just looking and seeing what's on the shelves back in 1998. You know, I like the old Doritos bags they had out there. Um, there's even one part where they had a whole shelf of Red Bull, which I didn't even know they had Red Bull back in 1998. Oh, yeah, there's a whole display of Red Bull. Um, Cheerwine was displayed prominently. Uh, that might have been a little product placement there. But I really enjoyed it, A-Town. And this might surprise you, but I'm going to go 40 wings. Wow. I just had a lot of fun this week watching this episode. I've had a lot of fun talking about it with you and the Coon Dog today. And my um, but the my favorite line, funniest moment to me was when Doug tries to call the guy on his cell phone, <laughs> and he gets busted, and the guy Star Six Nines him because I forgot all about Star Six Nine. So that was just great, um, just having that reminder for back when we used to do all that kind of stuff back in the day and use Star Six Nine to figure out who was calling you. Um, so that was my favorite moment. And then for my MVP, I got to give it to Carrie. Carrie, this yeah. was her episode. Uh, starts out with her driving a car to get that spot. I love her move, following the lady around the store, getting everything that she's getting, putting it in her cart. A lot of funny moments, buddy. So uh, that's all I got for you today. All right. Mr. Josh Coon, you're up. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode. I don't think it was one of the greatest ones, but I do enjoy the uh, the holiday holiday theme episode. So I'm going to give it 21 wings. Um, my MVP goes to Doug. I agree, Carrie was really good. Uh, she's definitely a, a solid MVP, but I like just Doug's awkwardness throughout this whole episode. Just cracked me up. Um, my quote, I'm torn between when – when Doug's in the car at the beginning and he's trying to mouth the words to that person backing out of the spot, he's like, are you coming out or whatever? And, uh, <laughs> that one. And, uh, but I think my line goes to actually to Richie when they first see him and, and he's like, if I change lanes now, I look like an idiot. Cause that, that just hits home to me so hard, man. I, I'm that guy. Every time I get in a line at a grocery store. That's pretty good. So I, I have like a question. Um, yeah, this is just kind of a weird, weird question, but I wonder what that grocery store front was that they show at the beginning of the episode. If any of our listeners have an idea what that storefront was, let us know. I'm curious. That would be pretty good to know. Jelly Bean, you got any responses there? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Josh. Crazy, hey, though. well, let me let me say this. I thought that was a great <laughs> recap by the Coon Dog. Those were definitely some funny moments. And I am in agreement with the Coon Dog great analysis. Oh, boy. So, for me, I'm going to give it 22 
wings. It was a nice, comfortable meal um, for me or for more importantly, Doug. Um, I don't really love it as some much as the others that we, you know, had earlier. I'm actually not a big holiday episode person, but, you know, it was pretty funny. Um, but I still like some of the others that we've discussed earlier a little bit better. Um, Carrie, definitely my MVP here. She just, she's just great. I love, it's my favorite quote. I just love her quote about not stealing the cart because the woman hadn't paid for everything, which I thought was just a good point and pretty funny too. So I'm going to give, give it my love to Carrie. And then, um, that's pretty much it for our ratings. Uh, next week we're going to be covering episode 11, Noel Cowards. It's the Christmas season and Doug and Carrie have their eyes on a new car. But when they find out they can't afford it, Arthur surprises them with something that's quite unexpected. I'm excited to see if Arthur plays the hero here. It's a great episode. Uh, thank you. Josh Coon, you got some closing thoughts? Quick question I meant to ask earlier. I just want to know what y'all's favorite overall Thanksgiving food is. For me, it's cornbread dressing. <laughs> I mean, for me, I would say dressing as well. Yeah, big fan. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the first thing you think of when you think of Thanksgiving is that is that turkey and dressing. But I also really love the day after making a – Turkey sandwich with some mayo and some sweet pickles. That's always pretty good. A little side of dressing. Um, but, yeah, big fan of Thanksgiving. Definitely my favorite holiday out there. Good question. Should have asked that one. But good question, Coon Dog. Um, so thank you guys for joining us today. Um, follow us on social media. Give us five stars if you're having a good time and you want to see us keep going because um, we're having fun bringing this to you. And as always, Kevin, maybe you can wait, but we can't. Look us up. Let's do this thing.